How's it going, everybody? Josh here with the Dedicated Nation podcast, and joining me today is Mike Gugino. So Mike's a bit of a uh, mentor to me and an amazing person. He also, I also almost worked with him at Peak for a little while doing boot camps. Um, so why don't you take a second to tell us a little bit about yourself, man? All right. Yeah, I kind of wish you did work with me. But in any case, I've been lifting for a long, long time since I was a teenager. I did it originally for sports. But as far as things like about me, I became a born again Christian when I was uh, in eighth grade and that changed my life for the better. And then I decided I can use it for fitness. So I did a lot of strongman things such as bending steel, spikes, horseshoes, tear decks of cards, phone books, all sorts of things like that. I kind of enjoyed that sort of stuff. And I spoke all around from New York, Pennsylvania, Ohio, Michigan, Indiana. It was kind of a fun time to do that. And I started PT in grad school, the personal training, because I just needed extra money. So that's how I kind of got into that. So as I was trying to get through grad school, I was trying to make some extra money doing that. I'm married and have two kids and a full-time job is an elementary school counselor. So that's a little bit about me. Awesome. And you rip phone books in half to make sure that they know that you're in charge. Right? Yes, I did that. Uh, yes, I did that many years ago when you could find phone books. Now, good luck. Good luck so finding them. Now it's a double sport. You got to hunt and find them and <laughs> then right. rip them in half. That's exactly right. Uh, so you said you started lifting when you were... Uh, in your teens, right? And it was for sports. What sports did you play? I did. I did one year of wrestling. Should have stuck with that. But I did football and I did track through high school. I actually, my first uh, experience with lifting was like I was nine. I think I benched 95 pounds. Really? That's awesome. Nine or yeah, I was right around there. And I said, oh, that's fun to do. It was in my friend's back back porch. He was like, can you do this? So then I'm like, hey, that's pretty fun to do. So then I used that just to help the sports. And it did actually. That's awesome. So it was kind of uh, just meant to be. You're just meant it to be was. Uh, my brother was naturally strong and he says, you've got to do this for sports to get better. And I remember one year as football, which I sucked the year before. But once I started lifting and it was like peewee football. But once I started lifting, I got faster. I jumped higher. I hit harder. And I was like, my goodness, there may he, he may be onto something. So I was like, this is a novel concept because everybody around me says, if you keep lifting like this, you're going to get huge, bulky and slow. Well, all it did is get me leaner, stronger and faster. So, you know, to a certain extent, I wasn't going to be Usain Bolt, but it was just the point that it may be a better athlete. Yeah. I mean, and there's plenty of scientific evidence to prove that that's how that works. Okay. So many, especially, I think the most common thing I ever hear is from women saying, I don't want to lift weights because I'll get too bulky. I hear it all the time, but it actually just makes you, whatever you lift, it will progress into that way. So if you lift to be strong and fast, then you'll be strong and fast. If you lift to be big and bulky, then you have to eat a lot, but you'll be big and yeah, bulky. You'll be big and bulky because you're over fat. That's yeah. how you get big and bulky. Yep. That's all food. It is food. Um, so a lot of people may just be learning this, but you're actually the powerlifting coach here at DH. And I've always wondered what got you into powerlifting? Where did that passion come from? Uh, originally, I was training at Tri-State Athletic Club in Evansville, Indiana. And I would like lifting heavy. I didn't, that's just kind of what I did. I picked up things and put them down. <laughs> and one of the trainers says, you should try powerlifting. And I was like, what's powerlifting? And he told me, he says, well, there's a gym called The Pit in Evansville. And they'll, that's what they do. That's what their main thing. I said, really? So I thought about it. And then that's how I matched up with the Pit Barbell Club. And then I was like, oh my goodness, I love lifting bench squatting, deadlifting, doing everything heavy. 
And that's what I did. So that's how I fell in love with the sport. That's awesome. I just was like, this is awesome. And because I didn't know there was, it was, that's how ignorant I was of, of the sport of powerlifting. And you, uh, you actually spent some time at Westside too, didn't you? Yes, I did Westside. I called Louis up way back. You're talking early 2000s. Because after the normal Western style periodization, you start off with 10 reps and go down without getting too technical. I, I hit a couple of meets, just a bench deadlift meet. And it was horrible. Like I was peaking too early. Too late. I couldn't, couldn't get it right. And I was about to be done. I'm quitting. I can't do this anymore because I was psychotic about it anyways because mm-hmm. I was driven. So I finally says, I'm going to give Louis Simmons a call. So he talked to me on the phone and then I implemented a few things he did. Then he finally said, Mike, if you come to West Side, we'll get you your five first 500 bench. He said, really? So I traveled four hours there to Columbus. He legitimately got me my 500 bench on a Saturday. It's like, oh my goodness. So then I was sold. So then I went to West Side when I went, uh, when I was closer to meets, just because I had a family and I worked two to three different jobs. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't like I could just quit and do that. Yeah, it's a, a but you still made it a priority. And made I sure made it a priority. It awesome. Let's just say, for example, if I'm six weeks out, I went, let's say week six out, I would wake up at 4 a.m., get there by eight-ish, warm up, there would be ready by nine, do my squat, because that was a dynamic slash heavy day squat day. It was usually their dynamic day, but I went a little heavier. And then I would do my other workout. So about two-ish, two and a half hours, probably. Then I'd travel four hours back home. And then I'd spend time with the family after that. So that's kind of how that worked. It's amazing how if you really want something, you can find time to make it happen. You find time. I I've, I know I've heard this. You can be good or you can be great, but it's tough to do both. You know, you try to balance, excuse mm-hmm. me, be balanced or be great. And I know people say you can, but it is really, really difficult to be able to do that unless you don't have any kids, cats or canaries and you can just allocate that time. I've known people that have had both, but... Being at Westside, the mentality, that's where it is. It wasn't like these guys knew the most. That Louis is a legend and amazing, but they all had that same killer mentality to keep lifting, keep pressing. That's why I hit PRs every single time I went there, like almost all time PRs. And do you think that incorporates why you uh, have the mic effect and every time we're around you, we get PRs? Yeah, my wife finally conceded to the fact um, a couple of years ago, there was a G factor, she called it. But yeah, the Gugino factor, yeah, that there is. And, and I take pride in that, realizing that you should lift better when I'm here because it's the mental aspect that I think I bring to the table more. Programming, yes, you can do programming, but a lot of people can. Mm-hmm. But it's the ability to make sure that those people believe what you believe. So I don't look at a person and see where they are. I see where they're going to be. And it's just like with you, with your business. Mm-hmm. I don't see the business where it is. I see what it could be. And that's the way I view people. And they don't view themselves that way. So that's what I give them is that hope, that belief that we're going to do something great. And you deliver. I mean, when I came to you, uh, for everyone who doesn't know a little bit of backstory, my last powerlifting week, uh, Mike coached me. And I started, I could barely do 275 on bench. And he got me all the way up to 315 within... I think I was only with you for like six weeks. That I came to you pretty late. Yep. Um, and then Tori trains with you too. What's she, she's getting some crazy numbers now. What's crazy numbers. I know she says, well, I didn't get a PR today. Yeah, but you got it last week and the week before. <laughs> so sometimes when you do that, you're like, uh, I should be getting them all the time. You don't. But for the most part, yeah, she's benched 175. She couldn't do 135 for one. Yeah, she was at 115. Started. Yeah, 115. That was her nemesis. Yes. And I said, I tell you what we're going to do. We're And I'm just telling you just about her bench. I said, 135 is going to be boring for you. And that's the goal. Like you're like, oh, I'll just do this again. And you'll do it for reps. 
she's looking at me. Yeah, that's exactly what's going to happen. And that's what happened. Now yep. she can rep 135, but it's where she came from. I know she, you people compare themselves to other people. I said, don't worry about them. Mm -hmm. I'm worried about you. You're the only one I care about to do this. You need to worry about you because now that 155 is going to be the exact same way. So we started a, a little bit different uh, training progress or process the last couple of weeks. So she has been hitting some 90 plus, I mean, multiple two, three times a week squatting that heavy. And now her 97%, she's hitting almost any time of the day, mm -hmm. which means her max has gone up. Now, does that mean she's going to hit every time? Not really, but the heavier weights you get used to, you get accustomed just like as a friend. And that's kind of the thing that I'm really, really happy about with her. Yeah, I'm very excited for this meet in August because she's going to do amazing. And you got an entire team of people who's going to be working with you now. So you got a whole bunch of people who's just going to, your your head's not going to be able to fit through the door. It's going to be amazing. <laughs> well, you make, uh, I wish I, you th figure the older you get, uh, you should be more confident. I don't, but I do. This is one of the very few talents I think I have is to bring to the table. And I know when you asked me to be the powerlifting coach, I, I just, because I sold my gym, I was ready to just not have more obligations, but I love powerlifting. <laughs> but it's so fun. <laughs> I love it. It is fun. So on the uh, the topic of powerlifting, um, you've been in a few few comps yourself. How many have you been in? <laughs> Several. And I never really counted, but I've been in, I lifted, IPA did a lot because that was out of York PA, but it was, I did it in Pennsylvania, Ohio, and a lot of the West Siders did IPA. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of what I did. And then it was uh, USAPL was my first meet. And then SPF, I did a lot. The Southern Powerlifting Federation, I did. And APF, I did. So I did several over the last 20 years. Gotcha. So you did, oh, you've actually done APF. I didn't know that. That's I fine. I, yeah, it was, ooh, it was a while ago. And you, uh, you got some records in these, these uh, comps too, didn't you? Some of the records, yep. So what records do you, did you end up holding? I know some national ones, right? Some, well, the national ones, at least within each organization has their records, but I never really counted those. I just counted where was I on the list. So mm -hmm. even the list that I gave you from Powerlifting USA, which to be honest with you, I'm, I'm sure they have the magazine still, but they had the top 100 list. And for those years that I was, you know, at my prime or at least where I did the best, I was like within the top 10, at least three years. So like my best total was 1980 at 181. And that put me second second in the nation. I mean, it was 1950. The 1980 was fourth, but I was like fourth in the world also. So when you, that year I got beat by an American and two Russians. That's awesome. So. And the they, Russians don't count. They, 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 fight, don't count. they, yeah. they fight bears. <clears throat> it's a different story. <laughs> and as far as all time record list, I was 14th, at 14th? One, when I was there. Yep. 14th on awesome. the all time record list at 1980. As that far as the total. Yep. Did, um, and what was your, what was your best lift and what was your favorite lift? Because normally they're not the same. no. You know, that's a tough thing. I was pretty decent at both. Not huge. I mean, 680 deadlift, 600 bench at 198. That was at 81, though, I was still at 560. I still benched unofficially 600 at 181. I weighed 183 at the time, but it was at my gym, so it didn't mm -hmm. count. It always counts. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, and the 760 squat, probably squat was probably the easier of the lifts than definitely bench next to it. And then deadlift just because leverages that wasn't my best lift because i'd have to get so far down because mm -hmm. of shorter arms and yeah deadlifts is uh deadlifts definitely one of those things that's like 100 technique and some genetics play in there too yeah unfortunately i've seen so many people who 
do they work out? But then deadlift at 700. So yeah, yeah, there's that. Yep. Now I hate them, of course, because <laughs> uh, they, they did that. But so um, you said that sports got you into training, and you also mentioned that your brother had a, a part to play in that. Did you guys do you guys train similarly? I I know he does more. He went bodybuilding, didn't he? He did. He shouldn't have, but at the gym that he worked out at the time where I grew up in Rochester, New York, it was called Great Lakes, then turned into Gold's Gym. But they, they had bodybuilders. There were no powerlifters. Mm-hmm. You're talking at 19 years old, my brother inclined 420, squatted over seven, behind the neck press 315 at 19 years old. Wow. Oh, he was a genetic freak. He's much stronger than I am. He could do it now if he decided to. He just doesn't really lift for that right now. But he could, I mean, his sons are also very strong. So there's a genetic component to that. Mm-hmm. But he was- The G really, factor just goes the across G-factor. the board. <laughs> he, was, he was always encouraging to get strong to do that. And he was so strong. But yeah, the same mentality work ethic mm-hmm. was to kill it. And that's not always a great, we aren't, we aren't lazy. So that's not always a good thing because you don't know how to reel it in when you mm-hmm. really need to. And that tended to be my detriment and, and some of his, because he would train six days a week. Really? Oh, yeah. And then Sunday was just like, what? Uh, just sleeping all day? Just a day of rest kind of <laughs> thing, because he would do like three on, one off type thing. And that was for bodybuilding. But if I was there and saw someone like him, you are no longer a bodybuilder. I mean, yeah, you can kind of look, you have muscle and he he had it. He would have been, he would have beat me, surpassed me in everything. Really? If he would have, yes. And was that your older or younger brother? He's four years older than I am. Four years. Okay, gotcha. I was just curious. That's awesome. And you actually, you have a, it really does run in the genetics too, because you, your son, David, he actually lives here too. And he's, he's moving some weight now. Like, he is. I wish he would take, you know, you got gifts and he loves high reps and these long workouts. I'm like, David, you know, that's great. But you want to kind of tag those things you're good at. You know, I would have, if I was good in math, I would have been an engineer. I'm not. So I'm a school counselor. So it was one of those things. Now, a son, my other son, Daniel, who we don't talk about a whole bunch just because he's not super huge in lifting. He hasn't benched in months and months and months and months. He's benched two, 245 at about 155 pounds. Yeah. He pulled, what was it, 315 at 14 or something? What at was it? 12 years old, at 112 pounds with no hair on his body besides his head. He was a sixth grader. He deadlifted 300, squatted 240, and benched with a pause. No, no equipment. 170. <laughs> That's crazy. And he only trained, both David and him trained for only eight weeks on the protocol that I gave you, similar to what I gave you for eight weeks, and their strength exploded. And then once it was done, Daniel goes, huh, that was fun. I'm done now. <laughs> moving on. Yep, he's moving on. I said, you're moving on. <laughs> you have so much potential. Yeah, I said you could do it. But you know what? If you're born with a V8 engine, you'll have it. As long as you stay healthy, mm-hmm. you'll still have it into your 30s and 40s. I think that's kind of a bad, like I was too short-sighted in a lot of things where you just, I kind of push a square peg in a round hole. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I would never, the stuff people see me do, I would never, ever tell my clients. <laughs> or any logical individual that way. But for me, we're going to do it this way. It's the whole thing where like you can you can coach others, but you can't coach yourself. It is very difficult. My brother has tried to help me sometimes. You think you should be doing, you know what, Jim, I can. You know, <laughs> I can, so I'm going I'm to. I'm going to. <laughs> like doing squat or no, uh, splits and overhead press. Overhead press. <laughs> you know, I could have done that a better way, but I did 175 pounds within the splits. I just, I can't even do the splits. So you're already ahead of me there. Yep. Um and you mentioned a lot of this was at your own gym. You you owned a peak performance gym, right? Mm-hmm. 
I started out of a two and a half car garage. And basically, even let's go back to Louis Simmons, if you don't mind, I don't want to digress, oh, yeah. but he got me my first professional football player. Tommy Lipensky was a fullback out of Notre Dame in his second year in Indianapolis Colts. And Tommy knew because Louis Simmons, obviously he's a legend in professional coaches were asking him to help their team and everything like that. But Louis actually called me up, left a voicemail and say, hey, I need you to call this guy because I, he needs to train with you. So that was probably one of the best compliments I've ever had that he sent this professional football player. He goes, why don't you train with Mike? He'll take care of you. And that was a st- that was out of a two car garage with no heat and no air conditioning. Yep, that's rough. <laughs> that's where we started. The main, all my clients at that time, besides him, were all females. Mm-hmm. You wore your hat, you wore some gloves, and that's kind well, of what happened. Work. Yeah. And as I got more money, I bought more equipment, invested in it, and then we built an 1,800 square foot building on our property. It's a 30 by 60. And then we grew out of that. So then where it was, it's a, it was a 6,200 square foot building, and that's kind of where I stopped it from there and then mm-hmm. sold it. And um, what made you decide to make the leap from like just being a general like PT to owning a full fledged gym? Because I know personally, there's a huge difference between being a personal trainer and like helping people and being like, I'm going to own a gym. <laughs> yeah, they're so separate. I I learned by trial and error and a crap ton of error. And I really wish I had had more guidance training. I read all these books on training, all of this stuff. I mean, I was voracious at the latest research in reality, I should have read how to grow a business, Mm -hmm. get the numbers correct. So why I started only is I had my certification. I said, well, my wife wanted to stay home with the kids and I had to pay a thousand dollars a month for insurance. So I said, well, I'm not going to get a raise. So my raise will become effective once I become effective. That was my mentality. So I said, I need to get a certain number of clients and it'll pay for the insurance so my wife can stay home with the kids. And that's how it started. And then it grew and I'm like, this could be a business. <laughs> and that's exactly how it started. Like, oh my goodness. It's no, working. I did not have the business mindset that I needed, but it, it worked at the time. And it's, it's, I personally think it's awesome whenever you see someone who just has a passion for something so much that like, they just, they kind of just ooze it. Like everyone around them just sees how much they love what they're doing. And so it just inspires more people to come to them. And then it just sort of snowballs. Mm-hmm. And then you get, into the whole thing where it turns into be like, oh, wait, this is a business now. So I have to keep doing it. (laughs) (laughs) That's exactly right. So um, you ended up selling that so you could spend more time with your kids. I think you said you mentioned that already. Yeah, I was getting burned out. I mean, the gym, I took it from nothing and had three other trainers working for me, which was great. But I didn't want to continue to keep COVID hurt a bit like it did with everybody. Mm -hmm. But I was at that time, I just was unwilling to continue to do what I needed to do to grow the business. And it, you can't do it a hobby. Mm-hmm. If it's out of my garage, it's a hobby. Mm-hmm. Businesses are not hobbies. True. So I didn't really want to, I, I mean, I stayed up late, got up, I do the same thing. And I say, like, I don't think I'm willing to make those sacrifices that need to happen. And that's when I decided I need to get out. And it's uh, the the gym, you still train out of every now and then, don't you? With, I do. Um, yep. So it's. They've allowed me that I'm able to have a few clients and to train there because that was in kind of in the contract. But the new owner has done things that I needed to do that mm-hmm. I would have had to. But I said, yeah, I'm just not going to. But he took the bull by the horns and really did that. Awesome. Well, I'm happy that you still get to stay in touch there. In my brain, I still call it Mike's performance. <laughs> but yeah. I, I know the truth. 
but <laughs> you made that thing. It's still awesome. Um, so now you're you're moving into just focusing on your coaching, focusing on your family and doing some DH stuff too. Yeah. Um, what are some personal goals you have? Are we going to see you under a bargain soon or <laughs> what's going on? I, side note, I've yeah. been trying to bring, convince him to power lift for a while now. So <laughs> I think that I can. I mean, really my numbers increase the older I got just because it does. You stay healthy. I'm really enjoying training people because I almost, and I've told you this a few days ago that when like Tori or one of your team members does something like they've never done before, I still go just about get the same exact feeling that I did when I hit my PRs. I can't say the exact because I'm selfish. Yes, <laughs> I, I really felt very good by, you know, being one of the best. But yeah, I get that. And it's almost intoxicating because I love that feeling for them. Mm -hmm. So what do I want to do? I really just, I mean, just like I did, uh, started my backflips and did all that other stuff. I just like to be athletic, move, and still be strong. Mm -hmm. So that's the, my main goals right now. I still enjoy being flexible for the most part. I'm not like a gymnast. But as far as doing stuff like that all around, fairly athletic, doing as you, the older you get. So that's kind of where I'm at. Do I want to lift again? It depends. After the Saturday board day, maybe I'm like, yeah, I want to lift again. So we'll see. <laughs> I'm going to make it my life mission to get you in an APF meet. Um, and I am going to be wrapping this up here shortly because I was already late to this, just so you everyone knows it was my fault that this is a shorter podcast. But before I go, I do want to say that you wrote a book. I did. And it is freaking awesome. I've actually been reading it. Oh, yeah, I really thoroughly enjoy it. So tell me the backstory of this book, because I think it's pretty cool. Well, the majority of my clients were all middle-aged. Well, not all. The majority of them were middle-aged females. Mm -hmm. And they all had the same types of issues, the same things. Uh, being a guy, I'm not going to tell you how I deal with females. I, you don't want to take advice from me. But I do know there are principles that I live by that do help, that I work with all of my clients while I know that they do work. So the book, Take Back Your Life Now, going from crappy to snappy, it was something that I did to get my name out there because at that time, I had a brick and mortar. I tried to do the online, not trying, I was doing it. I was trying to build an online presence and I had a real job as a school counselor. So I was working three different jobs and we had rent houses that we worked with. So I was all over the place, but I wrote the book to add some validity of that I knew something. Mm -hmm. So I got, my goal was to get number one on the Amazon bestseller list, even if it was for an hour. I got to number six. The reason I didn't get to number one is it was all in the Kindle edition. Everybody bought the hardback. I was like, I can't believe it, but it was in health and fitness. It wasn't like in, you know, how to do uh, midgets who are magicians. You know, some people will take their books and put it in a category that's so esoteric that, yeah, of course, no one's going to buy that. <laughs> All right. Gardening in the Himalayas. All right. There are really no books for that. But this was in health and fitness. So I got all the way down to number six by marketing. But if I was a little smarter in it, I think I would have done it. But that's why I did it. Just really to add validity and get my name out there more. And that's how I did it. So I stayed up later, got up earlier and wrote the book, got a lady to edit it for me. And that's what it is. And the principles of the book I live by. I have to say, like, I, I'm everyone who knows me, I'm huge on self-help books and everything like that. And I really like this book and it's pretty short too. So it is. I've purposely made it short yeah. and very succinct. Yeah. I could have added more fluff. <laughs> yeah. That's kind of the way I talk too. Mm -hmm. But yeah, too much fluff. Maybe if I did another one, I'd add in more details, more stories. People like stories. But that's see, I don't know. Like I, one of my favorite books of all time is called The G Code, which um, you would really like, I think. But the only thing I have an issue with The G Code is the fact that it spends like the half the book like 
talking up its its own book. Oh, almost like I feel like a lot of self help books get that. That's why I really like this one. Was it was just like I started reading. I was like, and we're in it. And you're in it. Yeah, that's <laughs> yep. exactly right. To it, uh, which is how you train too. So I I could literally read this in your voice. Um, <laughs> and then, uh, but yeah, I think that's really cool. I'll put a link to the book. It's still on Amazon. So if you want to pick one up, it's really freaking awesome. And then the last thing I want to say is if someone is interested in getting into powerlifting, do you have any tips you would like to give them? Yeah. One tip is it's it's not unsafe. It is just the way you do the exercises. So technique is key. So you got to learn how to squat, bench, and dead lift for your body type. I know there's a lot of people, this is how you should do it. Well, it's not. It depends what you look like doing it, how your body responds to it. And the other thing is really to get around like-minded people. You know, I know, what about the program, getting a coach? Yep, yep, all that's fine. But if you're, if I'm narrowing it down, one, you got to dial in technique because that's going to allow you to lift longer, healthier, That's what you, and, and become stronger because you're lifting with your best leverages that you have. But really, it's the mindset. Mm-hmm. And what really brought that home, not only the stuff that I've read and stuff on the mindset, but Westside. And I trained also at Lexington Extreme, which was kind of the stepchild of West Side. Some people left West Side. They started Lexington Extreme, still in Columbus. It was Grove City, uh, Ohio, which is a suburb of Columbus. And the mindset was just, they were there. There was no cell phones. You just lifted. And everybody was intense because everybody was trying to compete with everybody else. But it's that mindset that'll make you. So you just got to match up with people. And because there were no people around here, I traveled. Yeah. I so that's now there is <laughs> yes there's tons of people right yeah, here now there is powerlifting is a growing sport in Indiana I'm very happy it never that. was when I was competing I literally and I know we're short for time I had to knock on my neighbor's door to get a spot I remember and, telling you that <laughs> that wasn't the only time but I've done it before hey could you and I haven't talked to him for months I said hey man I know you're busy cutting a yard but can you help spot me just I just need two lifts <laughs> okay <laughs> that's what I did I would be scared that you'd grab the bar too early or something. I'd be like, no. <laughs> yeah, I was uh, at that moment. I really wasn't scared of anything. I just was like, I got to get it done. That's all my mentality was. Um, I, I'm really happy you said that because that's something um, I talk about all the time at DH and in general is finding your community. Like people, yes, at the end of the day, you're the one who has to do the work. Correct. But if you don't have the right people keeping you in the right mindset, pushing you in the right way, then it doesn't matter how good you are at something, you'll it'll be four times harder. Because no matter how good you are, you by yourself is never a good enough why. Correct. You and a community of people all thinking the same thing, going for the same thing, that changes the game. Like it really does. Drastically. So I completely agree. That's why I'm really excited for this uh, Saturday's team lift. We'll have all the athletes here. Um, I know that we got quite a few signups of just gym members. So it's going to be fun. So I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it too, because I've done a lot of stuff just alone. And that was difficult, even though I was driven. Having extra people there makes a big difference. Makes a huge difference. Well, um, thank you so much for joining me today. Do you have anything else you'd like to say? No, I appreciate you giving me the uh, opportunity to be able to say a few syllables here. Well, if you guys want to find out more about Mike, um, I do have the book listed below. You can also contact us if you're interested in uh, joining us on the board today and getting some professional help from the Mike and experience the G Factor for yourself. But until next time, thank you guys for listening and stay dedicated.